This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Goes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! I would win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cranberry! Ronan Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! Villa week on LS Pod as we tie up the loose ends from the 2022-23 campaign. Once complete, we can then truly begin focusing on the real dilemmas of the summer, such as figuring out a way I can sneak myself into Bristol City away. We start this week with the fifth annual LS Pod end of season awards time. She keeps us slipping. I'm joined firstly by the venerable Abbott Dave, who has been spending his postseason so far running. Endless running, and we applaud it. Hello, Dave. Hello. I'm not sure about endless running. Uh, it's it's part, partly running, partly uh, walking and feeling very sorry for myself, but thank you. I appreciate it. Mm. And also, brave family-based holidays. Oh, man. Yeah. Butlins. Uh, Butlins in 2023 is a experience. Um, if anybody would like to know more, I can, I can talk for hours, but um, good good for a toddler and a lot cheaper than going elsewhere with a toddler so it wasn't 80s week 90s week thrash metal week what what sort of week at butlins was it no it it was toddler week so we had oh, um God. we had the man himself justin <laughs> fletcher doing a half hour show one day um there was a pepper pig show which we didn't get to because the toddler was asleep um, mm-hmm. And just general fun and hijinks, and I think the so the Saturday after we left, it was a '90s rave revival. So 
I dread to think what the how the people of who work at Butlins can can manage this on an ongoing basis, but they they manage it somehow. Yeah, colourful smarties being replaced by colourful smarties. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll yeah, move exactly. on. Um, <laughs> second up. A summer thus far spent on social media learning how to make friends and influence people. It's the Johnny Esther superfan. It's JR. Hello, JR. Hello, Rich. Um, but to Dave, I feel it should be, hello, hello, how are you? <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I did all the Makaton as well. You can't see that, though. <laughs> and Lord, we wish we could. Oh, how we wish we could. How are you, JR? You good? I'm good. I feel like we 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 should stop doing this. You and me, Bailey. It's it's still talking about this this season that's just gone. I'm seeing preseason friendlies announced. I'm thinking about you know cool beer in July in watching Melksham, but still still got to put this one to bed, haven't we? Yes, we do. We could have done this earlier, but oh, the motivation was lacking, wasn't it? But here we are. So. It's the usual format. We're going to go through all the awards. I'm going to list as long. It's been five seasons of this. Eventually, I will stop listing the previous winners. I'm going to do it. So we're going to go start with the more negative sort of awards, inverted commas, and then move to the stuff where I imagine everybody knows the answers to already. Gentlemen, are we ready for this? Absolutely. Good. Because we're going to start with biggest villain. Uh, Previous winners have included, and well, not just included, previous winners have been Forest Green's preemptive stars, COVID-19, what a switch, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Lee Power, Port Vale fans. Who on earth could get biggest villain for 2023? Uh, Nominations included nobody else. That's a running theme throughout this episode, I'm happy to say. It was quite conclusive in most of the categories. Clean sweep? It was a clean sweep. Sandro (laughs) D. McKayley gets biggest villain. JR, inevitable, I suppose. Yeah, I was just thinking about you know longing for the days when the only things that were rattling us was uh, Forest Green Rovers preemptive stars. Um, <laughs> it had to, it. Sandra had to be the the villain of the piece, and in some ways, you know, in in a microcosm of the way, I do sometimes think that it's not his fault. It's not his fault he got given a job that he was you know out of his depth or but uh, for everything and anything. It, there really was going to be only one nominee for this year and how it's gone, wasn't there? Indeed, yeah. Dave, such a villain. I half expect him to be at the Wyvern this <laughs> Christmas <laughs> in his new job. Uh, who would he play? Well, I don't know, but you think the the way the discourse around him has been this year, you half expected to have seen him in the director's box um, twirling a moustache, stroking a white cat, don't you? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's he's been uh, hero, uh, not hero. Oh God, oh. <laughs> what's going on? Oh God, <laughs> cut this, Ooh. cut this. Ooh. No, not absolutely not. Yeah. One <laughs> no, man's no. villain is another man's hero, Dave. Clearly, <laughs> uh, he's been um, yeah, he's persona non grata, isn't he? He is. I think we've discussed. Sandro quite enough, so we'll move to the second of our three negative awards uh, for the year. Next one is Worst Moment. God, we're a happy bunch, aren't we? Uh, Previous winners of Worst Moment have been the 
FA Cup loss versus Woking, the lone recall of Jerry Yates, John Sheridan's fake resignation, and who'd have thought it in 2022, Port Vale away. Nominations for 2023 included, well, there were a lot of similar similar calls with their own little twists. So I've sort of amalgamated it all into one. Uh, And the winner is the slow exodus of the 2021-22 squad, Joe. And that's from, that's across the season from last summer and the winter transfer window. And it was so sad to see. Yeah, this feels like a continuation from Biggest Villain, really. Um, if, If Sandra was a pantomime villain, then when you went out for the interval for your half-time ice cream, uh, the doors would be locked and the power would be shut off and you'd come back to find that Timmy Mallet and Martin McCutcheon had been uh, sent off to, I don't know, Portsmouth Panto or something like that. <laughs> it really has been a, a, a terrible decline, really, from thinking of how we overachieved and, yes, we can all think, uh, you know, looking back that maybe that was preemptive. Lots of people who want to make excuses for how this season has gone like to do that. Uh, but just trying to actually retain a nucleus of that would have been helpful. Uh, started with, of course, you know, the Port Vale ending, so it's a continuation of last year. Uh, Garner going and knowing that he would take certain people with him that they'd follow him out the door uh mccurdy getting sold early in the window um even lewis ward getting pushed out at that window um the marginalization of louis reed and the very unceremonious uh chopping of ben gladwin and to even this week of no renewal for johnny and uh, yes, as you said, a, a super fan of making friends on social media. Uh, I'm not over it and I won't be over it for the rest of the episode. And that's your right. Uh, I think Ellis Iandolo is now the only one left, Dave, from last season, that season being 21-22. And I'm sure that's only because um, Scott Lindsay hasn't got round to giving him a phone call yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not acknowledging Ricky Aguilar for some reason. More of him in a moment, I'm sure. But um, yeah, unbelievable turnaround. And Swindon Town, you know, really adhering to the old phrase: "If it ain't broke, smash it up a little bit more." <laughs> yeah, and it just. I mean, it all came to a head in January, didn't it? And losing, losing Gladwin, Reed going away, and it just felt like that was. It's severing the ties, wasn't it? When Iandolo went out for the season around about the same time and all you had was Williams um, to remember the, the season before by and it was so poor, so poor and so sad. And it was just, January was just terrible in, in general, wasn't it? With the, all the all the comms that you, the failed comms that you spoke about on the on the review pod. And I don't know if you got to it, but the, the going back to Sandro, his... Um, BBC Radio Wiltshire interview in which he um, talked about all the ways that the club could be a success and not once did he mention promotion and everything just felt a bit gloomy, a bit gloomy and sad. The, the club then had to go on our charm offensive. Of course, that goes without saying, you know, yeah. promotion is of course the goal as we, as we spiralled. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a far cry from the heady days of, uh, April 22. The very last thing I can remember about him was uh, was telling Vic Morgan that he'd be back in a few weeks to reflect on how brilliant the transfer window had ended up. And that mm. was 
that was it, wasn't it? He he opened up a, a door to find a room with Rob Hunt and Jordan Lydon in. The door locks and we never saw him again. Never mind. Speaking of disappearing, let's go with the disappearing act of 2023. Previous winners include Martin Smith, Dion Donahue twice, along with Michael Doughty and Kieran Freeman in 2021, 2022, John McGrill and Rene Gilmartin. And nominations for this year, there wasn't really many. I think this might have been a clean sweep. There was some discussion for Sandro himself, a few fringe players, but, and this is before any fan forums were, were postponed, the disappearing act of 2023 is Clem Morfuni for Springs 2023's disappearance. JR, Clem Morfuni, who would have said a year ago that he would get this sort of award uh, by a selection of 10 plus people? Um. Yeah, Joe, it, it was a bit of a surprise because one thing um, we always say about when, when Clem is around, when Clem's in the country, it seems that, you know, he's got that, that pragmatist about him that he likes to go out and press the flesh, likes pulling pints and wearing bucket hats and all those sorts of fun things. He's he's one of our own and we've got our club back and he's one of the gang. And now it seems like he doesn't even want to set his alarm clock to chuck his dressing gown on at 3am and get beam bleary-eyed to the Legends Lounge. Um, not really sure what's happened to to Clem. I expressed some disappointment. I think I might have upset some people uh, on Twitter. Plus a change. Um, inquiring about how Clem used to have his viewing parties with his friends in Sydney and just saying, well, not seen many of them. Uh, since the turn of the uh, turn of the year, and then so I thought it's still happening. They're still on. They're still happening now. Do you want? Do you want to see them? Yeah, a photo of you know Clem still enjoying the match or any kind of regular communication at all. I know it's not easy when there's time zones or things like that. Would have been welcome, but it's been extraordinary. He's been he's been very very quiet and. Uh, shy. Well, I think there was a picture from the last game of the season, maybe. Um, the the bucket hat wearing Clem, I think, is long gone. And he is, even when he was in earlier in the year, he's now, you know, the uh, tie-off, loose-buttoned, phone-in-hand, smiling at random non-league ground, Clem Orfuni doing business is what is what we've got now. Dave, the plan for Clem Orfuni was always to fade into the background, but that plan was obviously devised with the intention of probably Zav Austin being the, the talker of what was going to be the board. And he's a he's a one man board. He's he's a he's an owner, he's a chairman. So I think getting up at 3 a.m. to answer a few questions probably would have been most sensible, but that's 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 what's happened. You know, there's not much we can do about it. Things will be there'll be things to talk about in August or whenever the next one is. Um, what, what was Clem's big crime for fans, including contributors to this podcast, to feel that annoyed that he gets the disappearing act? And some of this is tongue in cheek, of course, as well. Yeah, so I, there's sympathy in a well, not so, there's sympathy in a, in a regard that it, it was always his, he was very upfront and honest before he took over the club when he was speaking to you and all the other um, the the media junket that he did, saying that his the way he runs businesses is he takes over, he comes in, he puts 
people on the ground and then he lets them go on with it. Um, and you can you can argue and you can say that that's what he's done here. Um, whether the people that he's got on the ground are fully disclosed or not is a, another discussion. But And whether those people are good enough to be doing the job that they're doing, um, you probably argue possibly they've not shown that yet um, with the way everything's gone on at the club and the results on the pitch and how things seem to be run at times off the pitch. Um, but like you say, the, he's the sole director of the business. The buck stops with him. And at some point you have to kind of say, tough, um, this is a business that you own, that you're responsible for, and which you haven't shared any of the duties, legally at least, in terms of company law, etc., with any other individuals. And so when you've got 10,000 stakeholders, supporters turning up every week and you're not giving them the the level of service and the satisfaction that they want, then you I should be answerable to them. And um, yes, he's on the other side of the world, but, um, you know, we've got, we, I'm sure you could set up a Zoom call, you can set up a Teams call, you can do whatever you could you could be more visible uh, and upfront and i mean i'm to be honest i'm sure if 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 there was the cheery clam of of the summer of 2021 um in the live that was visible over the last few months then that might have helped alleviate some of the um, the negativity maybe not maybe not too much but it would it, it would have gone some way and like i say he's the he's the the face of the football club still um and when there were questions that needed answering he was a bit quiet yeah and it was it was various questions but this has got jolly serious for the season award so we'll move on from the negative stuff and move to the positives the first one up is the best moment best moment winners over the years have been Injury time versus Macclesfield Town. That feels like a very long ago, time ago, doesn't it? Uh, Owen Doyle versus Plymouth Argyle, which seems like even longer ago. Tom Broadbent versus Oxford United again. We seem to be going back further in time, but no. And then, and then last season, Dion Conroy's last-minute winner against Oldham Athletic. This was a clean sweep. Kind of merged a few things here, Joe. But the best moment of the season according to LS Pod, was Charlie Austin's return, goal, and the game in general. Grimsby Town at home, which I missed because of train issues. I missed this one as well, but I mean, yes, definitely like the best moment. And this year, you know, compared to like your previous winners, there's not really a, you know, like a rind or a story or a nav- narrative other than, of course, the return of... Uh, the Viscount, the King, the Prince, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Charlie Austin. Everything, you know, going into the transfer, we spoke in the last episode about, you know, what a turning point that was. And, um, you know, Lindsay's departure, having uh, Gunning and Mildenhall taking charge. Weirdly, it kind of set the expectation that there wasn't any expectation and that the pressure seemed to be off from fans, you know, just kind of suck it and see. And that seemed to actually bleed down to the players who kind of responded by playing their own natural game and and really sticking it to Grimsby. That that first goal from 
Austin was such a you know such a boost to everybody and you know going on and talking them five nil was uh yeah that was that was the the best moment there wasn't a you know cathartic story like Conroy last year getting it to stick it to Sheridan for the last time and loads of uh, backs and forth but at least felt that hey we get the right man in we get the right manager for this team we've got all the components we're gonna kick on <laughs> um but oh well never mind Charlie Austin was the, the shining light of the season without a doubt in terms of playing and it happened in late December and we talk about the January window being such a disaster despite Charlie Austin's return which was undeniably amazing and what a start it was and it even followed up in the second game against Grimsby where you just thought this guy's going to score one, two, three, four goals a week and he's just going to drag us kicking and screaming into the playoffs minimum alas yeah never quite um it never quite carried on that way did it um i think kind of it, it his age <laughs> began to show and he got he got his goals in fits and starts didn't he and he he still got nine goals in the second half of the season um but maybe not not to the extent of the the promise that we held it was just it was just exciting um going back to that time because this was the kind of transfer it's a it's a big name in football in general but it's a big name for Swindon Town Football Club and sometimes you see other clubs make these moves and it didn't feel like the kind of thing that we would typically do and I don't remember I mean not to the not even to this scale but the similar we've not I don't remember a similar kind of signing in the, the last 10 years or however long I've been watching Swindon Town and it it just brought a sense of excitement like boyish excitement like childlike wow this is this is fun this is like a, a goal getter who's a homecoming hero and these stories don't really happen too often for us and it coming out at the same time where Lindsay was packing his bags, and there was a <laughs> like there was a sense of freedom around that mo- around the same time as well, and it all kind of came together. And Grimsby rolled over and had their tummies tickled, and it was a lovely little homecoming, wasn't it? Even the ref got a standing oh, ovation. Oh man, yeah, hugely bitter that I missed this game too. It was my fault, as reflected at the time. Had I checked the news and seen that there was flooding around the bath area, I would have been able to make alternative plans. Uh, I'm still annoyed. 11,000 in the game. Uh, referee gets knocked out by the ball. There's a sending off and five individual goal scorers. Five. JR, name them. Um, Austin? Yep. Uh, Lavinia was one. Khan? Lavinia is one, yep. Khan. Blake Tracy? <laughs> no Blake Tracy, but I think you said Khan before, didn't you? Yeah, Khan. Yeah, yep, so three. Uh, Williams? Yep. And one more. Uh, oh, oh, wait, scorer of pointless goals. This is unfair. I've got no data to back Jakey this up. Jakey Wakey? No, he doesn't score pointless goals. He scores winners, no. mate. Pointless goals. <laughs> uh, Clayson? Oh, Ronan Darcy. He scores one goal. Darcy. Come on. Yeah, oh, okay, go. <laughs> I'm trying to look up where the goals he scored now to see if he is the scorer of pointless goals. Poor guy's only scored three or four. 
Um, he scored in a 5-2, a 5-0, um, a 5-1, and the, his first goal was in a 2-1 in fairness. But I, I, I think I might have backed myself up there. No goals are pointless. No goals. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next one. Best team performance again. Not much room for debate on this. Previous winners have included a 2-0 win against Forest Green Rovers in 2019, a 2-1 win against Exeter City in 2020, in 2021, a 3-1 win against Rochdale, and then last season, a 2-1 win against Forest Green Rovers. For the first time, it's a wet-and-away performance. Mansfield Town 2, Swindon Town 5 the peak of our season probably jr yeah i think so and this was this was you know the the best performance mainly because we'd managed to turn the screw against a very competitive and at the time you know we're thinking that they're you know also another team are going to be well up there with us um managing to turn the screw against a side like mansfield um yeah probably probably lindsay's finest hour in his half of the season as well um everything just seemed to actually be clicking and yeah that's what i really have to say is it was was wonderful that's okay dave five goals not five individual goal scorers though name them oh uh well ronan darcy um yes indeed he's called the fourth which isn't pointless i take it back ronan please (laughs) forgive me uh jeff cott was playing around about them wasn't he Jeff Cop scored, yeah. Uh, there was a penalty, wasn't there? Who would have been taking the penalty? There was a penalty. Uh, would it have been I'm impressed that you just me? know there was a penalty. That's impressive. No, keep trying. Uh, Gladwin penalty taker, wasn't he? Yes, and the other one was a brace. And if, if you scored a brace and you're not Charlie Austin, you're probably the top scorer for the season. Uh, um our boy Johnny. It's our boy Johnny, yeah, with a brace. Very, very good. Yep, yeah, yeah, just Rich Pullen just missing all the key games of the season. <laughs> yeah, I think in <laughs> with the benefit of hindsight, this one was um we were in a we were in a good run of form, weren't we? But possibly in a good run of form against the playing a bunch of teams who were in a bad run of form and we do kind of forget that Mansfield had a man sent off, and that's when the floodgates opened. But it was still a good, it's still a, it's still a good win away from home. And we've had a how many, how many? It's proper Swindon Town, but how many times we've had a terrible season and we've scored five away from home twice, which I can't imagine we've done too frequently um, in the past. We've had a few goal games, haven't we, in the in this season? But that inconsistency would be our enemy or ourselves indeed um we now move to best individual performance and we really are keeping that run of clean sweet nominations for this uh, previous winners 2019 soul price against stevenage 2020 keshi anderson against cambridge united 2021 tom broadbent against oxford united and in 2022 uh, we gave it to kane kessler hayden for his performance against Manchester City. So good, we never saw him again. The nominations this season was nothing else. The best individual performance, JR, of the 2022-23 season, believe it or not, Charlie Austin, four goals against Rochdale away. I missed that one too. Yeah, it's, 
it's one of those things where that was, you know, undeniably the best individual performance. Um, you know, Charlie Austin was, uh, you know, finishing his chances with aplomb, one would say, on that day. The trouble is, is that, you know, his best individual performance kind of stands out in what, for everybody else that he's playing alongside, um, starting 10 and subs, was certainly not the best individual performance and that we're actually held for for by a side that ended up getting relegated in the end. Um, Definitely got all the headlines. Um, A lot of people asking me about it. Managed to catch that, you know, on things like Sky Sports News and such like. So it got, uh, it got acclaim and justly so Uh, it just is not going to be one that I'm going to remember as fondly as, as previous years because of the result and that it was uh, all a bit grim. Yeah, Dave, it's pure Matty Taylor scoring a great goal vibes, really. You know, every time Matty Taylor seemed to score one of those efforts, it was a game where we lost. I'm thinking Grimsby, I'm thinking Wickham. But four goals away from home cannot be sniffed at. And I think most people did sit there and go, well, was there a game where Sol Brin was unbelievable and just kept everything out and we should have lost and we didn't? Was there a midfield performance where they dominated and no, not really. So I think this was a worthy clean sweep winner. No, I agree. There's not been, like you say, there hasn't been the standout performance and Austin on that day was a clear standout performance, wasn't he? He was just let down by um, just the lack of any other adult willing to play contact football on the field on that day. (laughs) Was it, was it Vic Morgan on the Fools Rush In content providers assemble that referred to that game as the most boring four <laughs> four in history? <laughs> Goodness me! Imagine that's a fair yeah. enough shout, isn't it? I don't know how many four fours you might have seen, but uh, yes, I wish it was a bit more boring because uh, I definitely had a kind of um, gut wrench watching that in the chateau, and especially the uh, the end minutes where. Uh, Bryn is managing to keep us in it as well and not losing 5-4 at the end. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, this is meant to be the positive bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's move to best goal. Uh, We're going to go with best goal now. 2019, it was won by Luke Wolfenden for his effort against Colchester United. 2020, Owen Doyle versus Crawley. Scott Twine got it in 2021 for that strike at Ipswich. Johnny Williams got it last season for his effort at Sutton United. All of these games, but Luke Wolfenden have been away from home and it was no different for this season. It was a two-horse race. It was between Jake Wakeling at Salford and the winner, which was Marcel Lavinia at Northampton Town. Just a very satisfying finish, Joe. Very satisfying. I think of the two, um, you know, the Wakeling one, I'm still, I'm still thinking to myself as as remarkable it was. It was a a jaw dropper, but I'm still wondering, like, did he mean it? You don't have those doubts about Lavinia, who's someone who's been very excited for this season. Don't think we've seen nearly enough. I'm hoping that next season we'll see more fruits from. But the way that he, uh, yeah, gathers it from the the very edge of the box and sort of takes it around a few, and then that strike. Just managing to—it's one of those ones that sort of gently ascends and goes into the, you know, the opposite, opposite side. It was really very satisfying, and um, yeah, an easy, an easy winner. 
Yeah, it was, Dave, a very, very good finish. And I'm so desperate for Marcel Lavinier to do well next season. I'm not including him in any of my predictions for 23-24. Just the fact that I'm talking about my expectation for him for next season now makes me worried that I've jinxed it. He looks so promising, doesn't he? And he's so tricky. And we don't have many tricky players. And that sounds a bit in an old-fashioned um, description, but he's he's exciting, no no doubt about it. Frustrating, um, but exciting. And that goal, uh, there's I don't think I think every goal of the season kind of has to be someone thwacking it from outside the area, doesn't it? Hmm. Do we agree with that, Jr? Oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Unbelievable tech, as the kids say. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Granddad over there, goodness <laughs> me! Um, I don't know. I don't know. One of the Decanio seasons, the uh, the Rafa De Vita move would have probably won it against Plymouth. I would say for people who like to like you stroke your chin and oh, what, oh, okay, move. But no, just right. someone who's nailed one in from twenty five, thirty yards. Give it. Give that. Give me that. My personal favourite goal, which was not a great goal by any, it might have been quite the opposite, might be a winner in the next category anyway. Okay, well, let's have a look. Um, Next category is best goal celebration. Um, This one often gets me abuse from contributors because they simply don't care. Um, (laughs) Previous winners have included Theo Robertson and Kane Woolery's Stone Cold Stunner um, that helped relegate. Notts County out of the Football League. Welcome back to them for next season. 2020, Owen Doyle's celebration at Plymouth. Oh, what a moment. Uh, 2021, Tom Broadbent's celebration and post-goal scenes at Oxford. The McCurdy bow and arrow, of course, won it last season. Nominations this season included that thing Johnny Williams does and Saidu Khan's L dance. But this one, this year went to Tyree Shade and his very, very dodgy somersault, which has somehow not resulted, JR, in him breaking his ankle just yet. I think that is one of my favourite things about it, is it is so ungainly, especially some of those landings that he's dropped there. Just think, why do you continue to to do this? Um, my nomination for best goal, which Kate, which obviously followed this somersault, was that... Um, that that Colchester goal where it just kind of hit him very limply and uh, dribbled in. It must have been like one of the slowest things I've ever seen. He's hit it awkwardly on his, uh, on his right foot and it's trickled in. In my head, they're not the same. They're not the same uh, incident. He does the flip. I think there was one in the Papa John's where he's done the somersault and then fallen over a photographer's bag and into the town end hoardings, which was an absolute delight that, uh, can't get any better than an awkward somersault for me. The the very thought that you thought that somebody scored in the cups is quite something. It, I think Hepburn Murphy was the only person that scored in the cups this year. So whatever Shea did do, it was in a competitive game. Yeah, I, I know that I was podding on it, so I, I just assumed that you'd put me on the pizza trophy things there. But there was <laughs> definitely a game where he, where he did it at the town end and then tripped over a photographer's bag and it was great. <laughs> the execution of this celebration, Dave, is solely why he's won it. The fact that it is absolutely petrifying to see. It's, it's so awkward, isn't it? <laughs> it's so ungainly. <laughs> um, I mean, fair play to him. I couldn't do it. 
but nope. Maybe uh, I wouldn't uh, try it either. Maybe, maybe give it a rest. <laughs> no, I voted for um, I voted for Khan celebration anyway. Yeah, um, I thought it, his little loser dance, um, teabagging Grimsby, really put a nice nice little hat on that day. <laughs> But if you would put it in those words, I might have given it to him. Um, might have overruled the majority because this is not a democracy. Uh, next up is best save, which was really the category that really did get me abused. This award often reminds me how terrible we are with goalkeepers and their performances. Truly, you remember the mistakes, but not the saves from time to time. Jack Copland almost got the win for this for a save I remember being impressed by at Chippenham Town in the Wiltshire Premier Shield. But previous winners have included something Lawrence Vigarou did, uh, something <laughs> Stephen Bender did, something Jojo Wallacott did, and something Lewis Ward did. This year, oh, there were a few. There were a few. Some people just simply said Solbrin, which is fair enough. But more than one of you said Solbrin save against Grimsby Town which wasn't nominated by the club in their five. Jay, do you remember it? I, me- I know there was a lot of ping pong going on that because I think I nominated that that save I just mentioned against Rochdale where it came towards the uh, the tail end. I had a look back. It's a, yeah, it's a good reaction save and it was a, a, hard, a hard-earned 2-1 on the road. So in terms of importance and uh, quick reflexes, it's a worthy winner. There we go. Dave, have you seen it since? Uh, no, I've not been as diligent as JR, and I have not watched it back. Um, <laughs> but I assumed it would be a Solbrin save that would win this award. Oh, well, yes. Um, so close, Jack Copland got. So, so close. Dave, Solbrin, bold prediction. Do you think he's going to become a Wes Fodringham? Or do you think he's just going to fade away over time? No in-betweens, go. No pressure. Uh, fade away. Oh, you fade big away. meanie. JR? Mm, I don't know if I think he'd fade away in terms of to obscurity. Uh, might become a um, a bit of a mainstay in the uh, mid-league ones. All depends on next year, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what Indeed. I meant well, by fade away. Before you... Okay, fine. From well, our before... lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we, we finish slagging him off, I think he's going to have a fine EFL career. Um, next up, Bess Loney. <laughs> uh, 2019, Luke Wolfenden. 2020, Stevie Bender and Jerry Yates. 2021, Matt Smith. We hardly knew ye. 2022, Tyree Simpson. Uh, nominations for this year included Fraser Blake Tracy, who would eventually join the club permanently. The Bess Loney, Solbrin. Discuss. Great player. Always rated him. Yeah, well, it, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was really only really between the two. Not used the uh, loans particularly well. Um, we had a bright start from Jeff Cott. Brennan had a mixed bag, I would say. I'm sure he'd go back and it was, you know, thumbs in the middle. It's not been the best loan ever, but it's also not been absolute washout. There was, you know, some, some good things to take from that. Uh, but Bryn, I think he's like the first to to play all the league games. I think you were saying since Vigory, weren't you? It was going back a long way. Oh, long time Fraser Digby era. We're talking early Fraser Digby era as well, if we're talking about playing every minute of a 46-game season. And I, I still haven't looked up enough to see if Fraser Digby went off injured or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, it's the first time a Swindon goalkeeper has played every second of a domestic season, the 46 games since the 80s. Yeah, because there's only really... I mean, there's the the infamous uh, cup game 
the Warsaw one. That was Ward, wasn't it? And yeah, Ward played two games, and then and then Bryn played the rest. Yeah, but he did all do all the Pizza Cup group all games but as one, well, didn't all he? All but one. Yeah. Hmm, so yeah, Ward Ward know. played one, the first Papa John's and the League Cup, and Bryn played the rest. I'm pretty sure. You've looked into this, I can tell. You've done your homework. Uh, I'm saying that with a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence. I know he played more than one ward. He did play. I, I am right. Yeah. It is a shame that towards the end he did get a bit of the Swindon stink because uh, <laughs> I think the first half of the season was uh, really impressive and the second half was just fine or okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. And And, I mean, is there anything to add here, Dave? Special special mention to Joe Tomlinson, I guess, for being lonely, playing six games, being the the face of the um, ground purchase announcement, and then going back to Peterborough. We'll stick with you, Dave, for the next one, which is breakout season. Previous winners: Carl Noyle, Rob Hunt, Scott Twine, Harry McCurdy. How many of those have left? Just as they've got the award, all but Rob Hunt. Nominations included nobody else. It was a clean sweep. This season's breakout season, of course, Dave, was Jake Wakeling. Who's that, sorry? Jake Wakeling. Who's that? What? What You mean... Um... Jake Wakeling. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, on. This I is think... your moment now, Dave. Take it. I think we need to acknowledge the cultural significance of the breakout nickname of the season, uh, Jakey Wakey. You're the worst. And to quote... To quote T. Lovejoy of uh, Channel 4 and Soccer AM, it's just nice to be influencing the game a little from our little uh, corner, our little corner on the internet. And to be semi-serious, I think when he signed with his background as a, as a youth player who didn't really do much at Barrow last year, I don't think there was much expectation of him um, to perform this year. And albeit... I think he slowed down a bit in the second half of the season, but he's he massively overperformed versus expectation. Um, Runner-up in the Young Player of the Season award for the whole division and looks like we've got a real asset there. So um, I think we can take a little bit of credit for that, for for his um, nickname. And yeah, well-deserved breakout player, I think. Yeah, JR, there could be no disputing this. And I think we saw way more of Wakeling than... than Anyone expected included himself. He got nominated for, um, was it Young Player of the Year in League Two, which is a tremendous achievement. Um, just always looks so happy to be around as well. I'm not putting too much pressure on him for next year because I, I don't think I expect or demand the same amount of game time and contribution because I, did, I do think they overplayed him a little bit, but... Just the amount of effort in every game that he played, even if it didn't work for him, except for that one where he got sent off after you know seconds, the endeavor was there. Yeah, yeah. Even even in that example, you can't yeah. ever you can't ever fault the um, the endeavor of the lad. Uh, I liked him way back in preseason and had strong hopes for for him this season. I I think that uh, yeah, there's no real disputing that the effort is is a huge part of that and that's something that you know of the last three or four months of the season I can't say that that ever seemed to waver from him he still seemed to give everything that he had uh for every game that he was involved in and um earned himself a extension pretty early on the season as well yeah it's um undeniable the breakout 
Lovely stuff. Okay, next up, Unsung Hero. Previous winners have been Keshi Anderson, Kane Woolery, Tyler Smith, and Josh Davison. This year, nominations included Marcel Devinier and the Community Foundation. Very wholesome. The winner, and it's why we booked JR, it's Johnny Williams. <laughs> Honestly, the very idea that an unsung hero, our top scorer, Johnny Williams, I mean, unbelievable. I, I almost want to, you know, want to sing for him. Men of Harlech, Men of Margate, whatever you want it to be, whichever, whichever flavour that you like. Um, yeah, I, the man went to a World Cup, for goodness sake. I know that he might not have made an appearance and that people might think that it's a bit of a a bit of a punchline, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that post World Cup of how, how it kind of turned with all of the uh, transfer deadline day nonsense, um, people feeling like, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to be here anymore. I still think that, uh, you know, he's somebody who made uh, a real effort out there on the pitch, but when things aren't, happening around you i don't know what you guys are like at work but you know if other people aren't pulling their weight that that does kind of get infectious i will say again uh for the third time in a row on a podcast is a lack of ambition from the club's part to say that uh they're not interested in making good because i know that he's our highest paid player some people have me uh have me believe which is (coughs) bollocks but um i know that he was uh uh, you know, obviously commanding um, a high fee and that people think that he'll be you know, looking to play a, a more ambitious team like Colchester or someone like that. But I thought that we were going to be in the championship in 2025 and if he could have, you know, gone through the divisions with us, then I think that would have been a remarkable achievement. I mean, at the end of the day, we have had Johnny um, for more than any other club. He scored more goals for anyone than anywhere else. This has been the renaissance and making of a broken man. And for it to end this way with one side giving seeming cold shoulder and the other being all too happy to leave the uh, leave the street side breakfasts to one side in Marlborough. It's uh, it's sad. I'm sad. Does that come across? Are, are you okay? <laughs> are you all right? I might just need a moment between this and the next <laughs> pod. Dave, one of the things that if I if I had a football room 101, I don't know how you could put it into the room. But one of the things I really hate about this time of year is when retain lists come out. People read the lists, and their instant reaction was he was rubbish anyway. And I think. <laughs> I might put that into the predictions for for next next season when we all sit around and sort of predict who the didn't rate him anyway player was because Johnny Williams is seemingly going down that road, which I think is very, very unfair. I mean, the wages thing aside, I mean, he joined during an embargo. Unless he signed a new contract, there's no way he was the highest earner at Swindon Town. He scored 10 goals something that he didn't achieve throughout pretty much his whole career, um, let alone in one season. Um, He certainly scored more goals for Swindon than he has done anywhere else combined. A really solid season, not earth-shattering. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sort of 
paint a picture that of, of, of a situation that didn't exist. But I just really dislike it when when football fans just cannot acknowledge a, a, a decent two year effort. Yeah, there's a little bit of um, jilted ex lover about it all. Um, I never liked you anyway. Uh, kind and, of thing. And, and Romeo um, Hutton's getting it at the moment too because of a, yeah. an emoji. Essentially, do you think it's do you think it's like football fans trying to like process someone leaving so they're not too disappointed? I think so. It's uh, yeah, so they're not. You don't feel too hurt, so you uh, you build up the you build up the negative, even if it's not necessarily true. <laughs> um, I think I, you know. I think I think Williams was a good player for us, and. I know that's not that's not a hugely controversial statement. I think if you looked at his performances over the two years, I wouldn't say he was necessarily better this season. I think he was just surrounded by worse players, so he stood out more than the season before. Um, but I think that that hot spell we had um, September October time, I thought that he was he was the driving force behind that. Um, he did dip a little bit after the World Cup. I think I wouldn't put that down to World Cup, and I wouldn't even put that down to lack of focus. He's, he's he's chipped in with goals right up to the season's end. He's he's always been professional when he's talking to the media. Um, if you can hear if you can hear him in his interviews, because he's incredibly softly spoken. Um, and yeah, like there, there'll be there'll be rumours and whatnot about what he said, what they said, what we said. But I think you can just if you just judge him on on actions that we've seen. I, you can't fault you can't fault him. Yeah, Jill, we always struggle after going on holiday, don't we? Eh? We certainly do. I'm just wondering when you have your when you have your inevitable um pod with Johnny, oh, how many times do you think you'll have to put Amplify through Audacity? Oh, quite quite a few I imagine. But if I ever get Johnny Williams on, I'm not doing it, you can do it. And I look forward to those five and a half hours of Wales-related content. Let's move on <laughs> to most improved previous winners. In 2019, most improved, that's right, James Dunn. And, and then Ellis Iandolo, then Scott Twine, then Ellis Iandolo. He's not won it this year, so we look forward to congratulating him in 2024. It was a two-horse race, this one between Rashan Hepburn-Murphy and the winner, the most improved for the 2022-23 season, Jaya Harrison Minton. Isn't that nice? It's very nice, and it's also it's also very deserved. I mean, on the last pod, and I think even on the uh, Fools Rush In Super Show as well, we're bemoaning the the lack of uh, development. He's someone who's taken his you know his loan spells in in good grace, and God knows we're waiting and waiting and wanting. Get him to get his opportunities in the first team uh, for a long time. Uh, Honourable mention to Hepburn Murphy. I think anything is an improvement from not playing for like almost two whole straight years, isn't it? Actually getting on a pitch is is an improvement. Um, but yeah, it's it's a worthy winner for most improved. Uh, but again, to put a down note, it just makes me think of how how limited opportunities have been, you know, for people to. Uh, show their talents this year it's it's been unfortunate we've had two uh two management structures or maybe a you know maybe a structure above them that uh has just been quite rigid in terms of uh giving our younger professionals uh opportunity mm. 
the, the big success story, Dave, of Harrison Minton is purely that he started the season as we expected, playing in a couple of cup games that he was available for, and then going out on loan in the in the National League North or South. And you kind of think, well, let's see, let's see how it goes. But when he was called upon, especially early on, the level of commitment and and the performances themselves were really quite impressive considering the lack of game time he had had because we don't have many development games. So when he was recalled, he wasn't playing. The fact that Jody Morris clearly didn't rate him and and he came on leap and bounds and it's just, just goes to show if you play some of these younger players, they might be good. Pair that to some of the senior pros over the season and you wouldn't say he looked any worse than players who've made 100-odd league appearances. So, yeah, I think there's definitely potential there. I, I think he's under contract for the next season, that's right. And so hopefully he can continue his development and we can, yeah, get get something. Cause it's, always, it's always nice when you have, when you have the, like the, the, the homegrown talent coming through, isn't it? And you've got a bit more of a local connection um, to root for. So hopefully he can, he can continue continue along that, that path. I think... Um, this most improved. If you were looking at this at the start, of the year, you'd have kind of assumed that Ricky Aguilar would have been in the shouting for this, wouldn't you? But uh, mm. it's gone the opposite way, unfortunately. Oh, indeed. Yes. Well, well done to Harrison Minturn and his hoping he builds on it for twenty three, twenty four. A little break now as I relay the Low Strangers team of the season plus subs and management. So the starting lineup was. Sol Brin, Romeo Hutton, Angus MacDonald, Tom Clayton, Fraser Blake Tracy, George McEachran, Johnny Williams, Ben Gladwin, and a strike force of Charlie Austin, Jake Wakeling, and Rashan Hepburn Murphy on the bench. Saidu Khan, Jack Copland, that save was good at Chippenham, Marcel Lavinia, Louis Reed, Luke Jeffcott, Harrison Minton, and Tyree Shade. But the management, protest vote may be, Facts being facts, absolutely. Gavin Gunning and Steve Milnhall <laughs> beat Scott Lindsay and uh, Jody Morris to the management. There you go. Is any any comments on this? Is there anything to say? Um, there's, there's obviously a few debates. Saidu Khan and Ben Gladwin um, was the big close call. The rest pretty much announced themselves. Some people I don't think would have maybe McDonald in there. I don't know, um, but that's the 11. There wasn't much debate on this one, JR. No, not a lot of debate. Do you remember Harry McCurdy? There were nominations for Harry McCurdy. There were, and the, the disrespect shown to Ronan Darcy. He made my bench, um, and I'm the one that puts in little thinly veiled digs towards poor old Ronan, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him progressing next season. I'm hoping he's my most improved, but um, he made my bench. He didn't make many others. Dave, explain why. I just don't think he's very good. Um, double bill here because it's been won by the same person. So the fans' favourite and the Lou Reed Man of the Match spreadsheet champion. So starting with fans' favourite, previous winners have included Michael Doughty, Anthony Grant, Jack Payne and Lou Reed. Meanwhile, the Lou Reed Man of the Match spreadsheet champion has included just Jack Payne previously. The winner of both was Fraser Blake Tracy. Fraser Blake Tracy won the spreadsheet champion quite comfortably five votes ahead of Ben Gladwin, Johnny Williams and Romeo Hutton. 
and six behind third place, Rashan Hepburn Murphy. JR Fraser Bait Tracy had a very good season. And this is where I'm kind of glad we didn't book Terry because he would have gone on a long rant about defenders and goalkeepers winning awards. Yeah, no goalkeepers, no defenders. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, his editorial line, which is fine. Um, yeah, remarkable, really, because I, you know, as I said before, he's definitely, you know, when he's come through the door, uh, you know, from Burton and you're thinking about, you know, low knees and things like that, and you're getting somebody who's uh, not fancied there, it doesn't, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence. And then throughout that, of all those, you know, superlative performances that he'd put in I think every every week approaching that transfer window opening we just think well he's going to go back surely surely they'd want him back for their relegation fight and somewhere between somewhere between the the window opening and it closing is that they actually managed to get you know enough enough headway to not make that necessary and actually let him let him go uh but yes great at the back um quite a threat of the box as well good head on him um a very very worthy winner yeah dave a, a gloriously solid individual season from fraser blake tracy and at a key time in his career he came into professional football quite late it wasn't working out at burton and we we have our fair share of loan spells that don't come too much this really has worked for both parties yeah absolutely and i think what I think the reason he stands out and is so popular is because he's he's a little bit old fashioned in the way he defends. Um, he he puts his body on the line and he's quite physical. And you compare that to the style of a lot of the other players in the squad and kind of the way that we are set up to play in a bit more of a um, passy movie, like. In, in air quotes, a bit more, a bit less of a physical up and atom style. And he's a bit more of a throwback in that regard. And when I think when things aren't going quite so well, if, if someone's willing to get their head in and get in the faces of the opposition, then fans will always um, give some regard back for that. And I think that's um, that's kind of what ha- what's happened for, for Fraser in, in the, in the season. And, yeah, he's he's exceeded expectations. I think, like you say, um, I don't think anyone expected because we were only about five or six positions behind Burton in the league structure when we signed him. And you think, well, okay, there's this left back who can't get ahead, can't get into the team who are bottom of the division below. What's he going to do? But yeah, no, if he's a, I think he's 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 a good signing and good one to have locked up for next year as well. Indeed, here, here, right. That brings us to our final. Award of the season. Few we got there in the end. The LS Pod Player of the Year. Previous winners in 2019, Kyle Noyle. 2020, Owen Doyle. 2021, Jack Payne. And in 2022, Lou Reed. There was only ever one other nomination for this one, and that went to Fraser Blake Tracy. But the overwhelming majority of contributors to the podcast gave it to Romeo Hutton. So congratulations to Romeo Hutton for this. And I, I guess, JR, it feels like very weird because he's not really been in the conversation elsewhere with the with the more official awards, that's for sure. 
and I've I've heard a lot of criticism and a lot of things like you know people are just sort of highlighting his assists, but really he wasn't up to much. He couldn't defend or anything like that. But if it wasn't for those assists and his ability to cross, imagine what the season would have been like without him. And it feel, and we're not being edgy by by giving it to Hutton. It doesn't feel like when the BBC have to balance it out and they just book Jeff Norcott <laughs> to, to to help them out. I think a really, really worthy winner. Yeah, I think I think I would agree. Look, we've been hamstrung this year by a data model, right? It's all been about following the data and things like that. Watching, you know, Hutton play and watching, you know, watching crosses come to nothing, watching them being cleared off the line or being blocked. I do get that on the surface, that could probably look you know, quite frustrating. When we actually look at the stats that he's got, like the most assists in all of Europe or whatever it was, it's testament to the amount of just how many opportunities he has to actually cross and get the ball in there. I mean, he has always been a victim of his own success in some ways, and that that has been you know the root of a lot of our attacking play this year is just to get it up to him to find space to get across in and hope that it reaches the head of an Austin or the side foot of a Jeffcott or whoever. Uh, but in terms of you know what he's expected and asked, asked to do, I don't think that there can be much dispute. Or there was. I'm, I'm a bit rattled about this emoji now. Can we have a recount? <laughs> uh, Dave, I mean, I, I saw enough games last year in the flesh to know that when Hutton was allowed to do his thing, Swindon scored goals. And when he wasn't, Swindon never looked like scoring goals. And that's testament to his ability. Yes, you know, he would put a lot in and they wouldn't all go straight to the head or foot of a Swindon player. And I don't even look back at the season and think defensively he was responsible for many of our poorer moments. So I think that's a bit unfair on him. Where do you stand? Are you happy with this? Yeah, no, I'm happy with it because I think it's either him or Johnny Williams. And um, I think given the scale of his achievements in the assist columns, I think it's right to give it to him. But I think he was an active participant in a defence that was a bit dodgy at times. Um, But that's, I mean, it's it's almost the way... that's the way of modern football a little bit in that the fullback's role isn't the same as it was 15, 20 years ago. And their role is to be more of that attacking outlet further up the field. And like you say, when he was fine, when he was given the ball in space, space that he'd find consistently, then he would um, use that ball well. And you can see that in his numbers, can't you? I think he suffers a bit from there's, there's that perceived, perceived or otherwise, that defensive weakness. And also, he's not, despite his high number of assists, you I don't think you'd say he's a flashy player. He's very functional, get it, cross it. I don't say, I wouldn't argue he's uh, like someone that gets you off your seat, but you can't argue with what he can deliver and what he has delivered. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with the um, player of the season. Good, because he deserves it. And our first player... To have a surname with two syllables. Unbelievable. Who'd have thought it? Um, and that concludes the 2023 Pod End of Season Awards. Here's to a more entertaining sixth season. But for now, JR, 
Dave, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.